Welcome back to Older Young Nerd. I'm Derek. I'm Todd. And we are back um, basically with the finale of Picard now. I'm sure this will take more than one episode to do. I'm actually positive it'll take at least three. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And right. the, the season finale season of Picard is called... Et in Arcadia Ego, which the translation is, even in Arcadia, there am I. Which we went over last time because this is part two, technically. Yeah, part two. And episode nine was part one. And it's basically uh, the derivation, obviously, of the phrase is from a painting that we talked about before. But it's uh, really a reminder that death is present even in paradise. And mortality and everything else really comes into play in this. You know, we're with referring to the, the, the whole the whole series, uh, the whole season was basically about um, life and death, life and death, but also androids, which really don't necessarily have to experience death. Mm-hmm. But it was really a life and death show. Um, and really uh, a deep dive into, you know, what it is to be alive and not just exist. And that's always been like a, a main factor in, in like so many books and everything else where you really want to be introspective in terms of what life you're living. And Star Trek certainly does that, you know, they really want to you know yeah it's it's great it's the future but even though it's the future people still die you know you don't get out of life alive as the saying goes but um i'm just gonna put that on pause and let you continue derek okay so the the episode picks up with narek entering the crashed borg artifact and sneaking around in the shadows as he hears the xbs doing their repairs so he's looking for something. Um, Elnor speaking with Seven of Nine, wondering if the XBs would be better off dead since everyone hated them and they had no home. And right. Seven of Nine tells him that, well, she has no home and that she doesn't belong anywhere either. So would she just be better off dead? To which he he admits he would miss her if she was dead. Right. So that's like... Um, and Elnor... Okay, I'm sorry. I was going to say, he's, he still sort of has the mind of a child in a sense, like, uh, Elnor is probably the most innocent character since data. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where he's like always constantly learning. Cause he wasn't exposed to very much. Well, data and was I'm learning what it was like to be human. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is really the crux of not just the, this, this episode, but this season where, you know, we grow along with, you know, obviously in TNG, you know, Data was, you know, the, and Picard, and not Picard, uh, Riker said it in the very first episode, the, the, um, the wooden boy who wanted to be human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we grow throughout the series of Star Trek Next Generation with Data actually learning and growing and everything else. Obviously, it's kind of funny because in the first season he had sex. <laughs> uh, in the naked male, 
and and you know that was an experience and we you know we've never really gone into what's the you know, um, tng i am and fully functional all the different variations <laughs> right That's yes little, i am i am fully yeah, functional i am gulp <laughs> no no it was i am gulp fully functional you know <laughs> um with denise crosby and that was actually um uh a how should I put this? A um, a continuation of the original series where they actually had that. I do not recall at the top, off the top of my head, what the original series was. But it was again, it was like a sexual thing where there was a sexual awakening and there was a growth and everything else. But in terms of uh, th- their interpersonal relationships, but you know that's exactly right. With with going back to Elnor. He he literally grows up as the series goes on. I mean, it's always great to have these ideals, and he was part. Uh, he was raised as a Quatmalat, which is the Romulan warrior nun, which is traditionally a female role. But um, because he did not have a mother or a father or anything else, he grew up with this order, and so. <clears throat> took part in their beliefs and everything else and grew up to it. I I always loved Elnor in this whole series. He, he oh, was yeah. an understated character and he was not there's he doesn't have a whole he- heck of a lot of scenes. But of, of he, all the of all the characters this show introduces, he's my favorite. He's my favorite too. By far. So, it's not even close. Yeah. I you know, I mean like it's it's just like we have you know, a guy, and, and think about this. Think of all, all the flawed characters. And this is kind of what I think Star Trek does best is, yeah, it's the future, but it's not always better in the future. You know, we might have better technology and everything else, but well, human, like, I like think this, human interactions. This or, series. I, like I, I want to say. Okay. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I wanted to say basically, you know, even though they're not necessarily human, they're human interactions. And it gives you a sense of how you feel with respect to these different characters, that they're all human. They all have flaws. They're not perfect. You know, obviously with, with uh, different sci-fi shows, you know, this, the, the future is supposed to be better. It's not a dystopian future where, you know, like the world has ended and everything else. Obviously that's not it, but even with great advances, there's still that human perspective that needs to grow, needs to learn. And I think that's always what Star Trek has done to, you know, really point out those, those, those facts that, hey, just because, you know, you think this way or you think that way uh, doesn't mean you're wrong, doesn't mean you're bad or anything else, but it's a growth process like life is a growth process. And I think that's what they're saying in the actual name of the episode. You know, a reminder that death is present, even in paradise, like even in the perfect utopia, you you still have issues. And you're, you're always going to have issues. As long as people are people, and people always be people, you're going to have this issue of uh, human growth or not growth, you know, um, with respect to uh, the Zat Vash, I think the Zat Vashes are our darker sides. 
I think the that's that's part of our darker sides. I think it's part it's uh, an allegory to our you know negative sides, like everything's well, fear, be wrong, everything's paranoia, horrible. reactionism, yeah. that kind of exactly. And so you have this, you know, you have this yin and yang, and you know it, it's a slow growth. But uh, like I really went off the I went really went off the reservation on that. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna but, take you back off of you and like. Picard, more than any other Star Trek series, has like the most motley of crews, the mm-hmm. most flawed of crews. Where like Picard is your only real, um, I don't want to say like perfect character, but he's the moral compass of the show. Everyone else is flawed, like severely, uh, majorly. You know, uh, like it's it's like majorly. I mean, like you you, you talk about uh, the captain. Rios, mm-hmm. he killed his captain. That's obviously going to have consequences. Well, no, and the captain committed suicide. It... I don't think so. He was just there. He watched it happen. Did he really? Okay. Yes. All right. Yep. Well, then I'm wrong. But uh, separate. But I mean, he was. He was. Oh broken. no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. He was broken right. by that and quit Starfleet because of it. Like he he was you're idealistic right. no, no, no. and lost all of his no, you're, ideals. You're entirely correct Be- because uh, the admiral told him to kill the synthetics. Yep. And he did, and he couldn't deal with it, and he committed suicide. And that you know scarred Rios, what? and he became he quit Starfleet and became you're a smuggler right. basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you know uh, Rafi was a alcoholic paranoid schizophrenic essentially and she was right and she was right and, i mean she wasn't uh, yeah. she wasn't really a paranoid schizophrenic but they made her think she was right which turned and, her to drugs and alcohol and then uh, it's Dr- kind of ironic too because you have even those kind of things in the future mm-hmm. so you know like, like that's a like, that's a huge thing where they bring up the future isn't always going to be perfect people are always going to be people and and that was a big factor um, with that, where she basically said she thought it was conspiracy. And guess what? She was right. The whole mm-hmm. the whole series, the, the whole entire one time. was a conspiracy. Yeah, she was right the entire time. Exactly. All right, so let's get back to it. Yes. So continuing sneaking through the wreck, Narek is uh, held at knife point, but it turns out it's by his twin sister, Narissa. Uh, she asks if he's found the synth city and if he's slept with any of them or killed any yet, to which he replies that he has found the city, he hasn't slept with any of them, and he has killed one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, she shows him her where she's been hiding. Uh, and then, like, this kind of jumps around a lot in the beginning. Yeah. So it jumps over to uh, Coppolis Station, where... Picard is under house arrest, house arrest in Bruce Maddox's former quarters. Um, he's he's basically just sitting there uh, with a synthetic butterfly in his hand. Uh, Soji then just comes in to the room to check on him, and he says he would be he would, he would be better if he was set free, which is you know obvious. And uh, she tries to convince him to see things from their point of view that organics chose whether her kind lived or died, and they were never given a choice. And then Picard says that she had the that that she had no choice was a failure of imagination, and he pleads with her not to allow the fear of the Romulans to make her into the monster that they fear. 
they they say she's a destroyer and she's basically going to prove them right if she goes ahead and summons these like uber organic creatures i mean synthetic creatures that will kill all the organics correct right so essentially they have like a mini philosophical debate <clears throat> uh but ultimately it doesn't result in anything as of yet and can i i'm, I'm gonna interrupt for a second there please I do bring that I want to bring that to um, a point. Uh, yeah, Derek and I always do pre-pro before we do our episodes. But the one thing I hadn't thought of, I, I had thought of it, but I didn't bring it up when we were pre-proing. But uh, the fact that they're talking about um, the synthetic organisms that are, that are more advanced, <clears throat> I'm sorry, uh, that are more advanced than obviously the the synthetics as they are now does that not remind you of a huge enemy that the uh starship starship enterprise was um exposed to in i believe it was episode two do you know who i'm talking about number one Um, number two it's going to be it leads to uh, season two of Picard tangentially. So I don't remember. My mind wants to say Borg, but that's too obvious. No, that's exactly what it was. If you recall, Q threw them into like the farthest reaches of, I believe it was the Delta Quadrant, uh, the Star Trek Enterprise, and they were being literally overrun by the Borg. Which has always been like their biggest enemy ever since then. Mm-hmm. Think about this. <clears throat> and obviously everyone who's listening to this has probably seen the episode uh, by now. So I'm not giving anything away. When that rift opens and those synthetic organisms are starting to come through. And then they're stymied uh, by the ending where the uh, entrance is, is cut off. How is that not the Borg? How is that not this... I think they were this supposed to be even more advanced than the Borg. Oh, no. No, I, I, I completely agree. But do you really think that a bunch of synthetic organisms where they were asked to come by other synthetic organisms, suddenly suddenly the door is shut, they're not going to still come? I, the Borg did. So why would not these advanced synthetics come? You mean like season two would be a continuation of the arc where they just come via another means? I mean, I don't know if it is, but I mean, like, that's that's obviously like if they were asked to come to help the synthetics and then they're suddenly their beacon is cut off. Right. And the door slammed in their face, essentially. Why would they just stop? Uh, You know what? Let's never mind. I guess they didn't want us there. That's not the way things work. No, you know what I mean? That's true. So I'm kind of curious as to what season two is going to bring for us because I can't see them just letting go of the fact that, hey, there was this area where the synthetics actually translated our message and gave us the and, call and gave us the call and opened the conduit mm-hmm. and then stopped it. That to me sounds like, hey, these synthetics are in trouble. I mean, if I was the advanced synthetics. Right. 
So I'm like, I'm kind of curious as to where that's going to lead because I think it's going to be a whole Borg situation all over again, except with synthetics. I can, I can, I can, I see can that. never say that. I can huh? see that. I can see where you're coming from, and it makes it's a good hypothesis for season two. Right. And I haven't watched, as we've always talked about, if I'm going to watch something, I don't watch any of the trailers. I don't know if you've watched the trailers. I haven't. I don't even I know think they've, they've, released... I know they've released it. Oh, they did. Huh? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, they've released it, but I'm not watching it because it comes out in, as well, we're recording, it's about a month away. Now that um, I know it exists, I'm probably going to watch it once we're done. Mm-hmm. Because I'm that guy that seeks out every trailer. Yeah. Whereas if I'm watching it, I, I specifically avoid it. But I I know for a fact the Q's in there. I don't know how Q's interrelated into the the second season. I, I love John Lancey. I love his character. I think it's a great character. I've read a bunch of books on the Q Continuum. I, like... Uh, he he literally made this character. Like, he literally made it his own. Not that actors don't make their characters anyway, but he literally put his stamp on there. I can't imagine anyone but Q. And obviously, he's an omnipotent being, so he can be or he can look like or sound like or whatever, you know, he wants to. But it's always with John Lancey. So I can't ever see that happening where they would change... Q, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm really kind of curious on this. All right. Well, let's but get back to this. You may episode. proceed, my me. Yeah, I we've, like we've derailed super early, but it's fine. Yeah, I said I knew this was going to take half of our sides are planned, and and like the other half just kind of pop ups. Spontaneously. Yeah, in my head, like uh, I was like in the back of my head, I'm thinking Borg, advanced synthetic being, same thing, I, you know. And then, boom, and then we, and, and then you know, Derek actually brings it up, and here we go. Yeah, how far are we into this by now? You know, and we, and we're on like the first. We're like, literally five, still in the minutes. beginning of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, we've been up. talking for 18 minutes, and we're still in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I'll shut up. And it's an hour and a half episode. So yeah. stay with us, folks. All right. So back inside the artifact, Narek arms a series of grenades to use against the synthetics orchids so that they don't um, hinder the Romulan fleet in any way. Um, and he tells his sister that he plans on returning to um, the synthetic city. While she reactivates the Borg Cube's weapons to use against the synthetics. And as she protests, um, he rages at her that he, the family disgrace, and Zatvash Washout um, was the one who found the destroyer, Sheb Cheneb, and that he's going to be the one to stop her, and that she tells him to go. So he, he exits the, the wreck of the cube. But unbeknownst to him, he's being followed by Elnor. Right. Because Elnor's the Romulan ninja assassin and our favorite character. Yes. <laughs> All right, so now we go to the crash site of the La Serena where Rios and Rafi are looking over the weird tool that the, 
the um the synthetic saga gave to them before she died. Rios says he's afraid of it because he doesn't know what it does. He thinks it'll eat his soul, so to speak, which Rafi jokes that he doesn't have one. Um, she then says Saga told her that she would need to use her imagination to be able to use the tool. So she basically teaches Rios her theory of how to use it, and that's basically to picture what's broken in his mind, and then the tool will fix it. And that's essentially what happens. He pictures uh, a piece of equipment on the ship that is broken and what needs to be done to fix it. And then the tool just starts doing the work. And that's a sci-fi tool for you, man. We could use them in real life for sure. I was like, yeah, I was kind of like really in awe of that uh, with, you know, with this series because exactly. I mean, like it's, it's every tool that you ever need, basically. It, you know, as long as you can concentrate on it. Um, just a quick aside: the La Serena was this year's Hallmark. Well, last year's Hallmark 2021 Star Trek ship ornament. I believe you, know you told that? me that. Yeah, I believe you told me that. Yeah, and I got but it. Now we're telling course. everyone else. Yeah. So if you haven't gotten it, go out and get it. I'm sure you got like um, three of them. I did not. I was thinking about it. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, two of the hallmarks that were around, I, honestly, I would have. Um, I know they're all closing now. It's like it's sad. Uh, and again, that was like a quick segue, but I just wanted to let people know that that was the 2021 ship ornament because they've been doing them for like 30 years. And I have 30 years worth of Star Trek ship ornaments. But I wanted to, uh, that was like a quick aside that I wanted to uh, bring to everyone's attention. But, um, okay. Let's so, get back to it. All right. Yep. So they got the tool. And so the tool uh, uh, fixes the machinery and the Las Arenas power comes back online. Mm-hmm. And then they hear a banging noise and Rios goes to investigate. So go, go back over to Capellius Station. Uh, the construction of the beacon is continuing. And Dr. Sung is uh, showing Dr. Girardi a machine that contains all of Maddox's work um, in order to transfer the organic mind to a machine. So basically she could finish prepping the golem. Mm -hmm. And he he compliments her on her self-sacrifice finishing with, but after all, that's what mothers do, isn't it? And as he leaves, she says under her breath, I'm not their mother, (laughs) a-hole. Yeah, like, so, I didn't get that. Like, I honestly, I was kind of, like, kind of in awe at that. Like, so, well, to what me, was she trying to, like, I know what happens, obviously, but. To me, that's she, that's her letting the audience know. Wanna, that's uh-huh. her letting the audience know that she didn't, like, switch sides. That she's, like, acting like a double agent. That's what I kind of took it as. Yeah. But then, then she, well. Obviously, like that's the way I was thinking of it. It was going to be where she's like, I'm still with the Romulans and I still believe the Romulans. Were no, 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 no. I took that to mean I'm still like on team Picard. I'm not on team synthetic. Like she really? Yeah. No, see, I took it as, um, you know, she's not the mother of these people. Oh, you and... took it like I hate them and I want them all to die. Yes, that's okay. exactly the way I took it. Yeah, I did not so take it that way. So at it's kind of so it's kind of interesting that we took it 
from totally different perspectives, but this is exactly what our show is about, where, you know, the inference can be read two different ways. You mm-hmm. read it one way, I read it a completely different other way. And I was thinking, like, when I first watched this, when it first came out, I'm like, OMG, she's going to, like, go over and, like, try and destroy all of them. Like, I honestly, when they first, when she first said that, I'm thinking, is she trying to get that eye so she can blow them up or whatever else, you know? And it's kind of interesting. You took it as a completely different way. That's that's really, really interesting um, that you had that. But uh, I have another segue which I had not planned on. But now that I'm thinking about it, if you think about it, the whole construction of that um, beacon was similar to what Star Trek Next Generation movie? There's a quiz for you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you like five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Can you think of it? Shoot. So of the Next Generation movies, I've watched two way more than I've watched two, the other two. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking it has to be either the third or fourth one. You are incorrect on that. Oh, so and, it has uh, to be. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Then I'm an idiot. Yes, you are. But that, that's besides any of our conversations with Star Trek. That's a totally you, you, different conversation. All right, so you're, you're talking about um, First Contact then. No, I'm not. You're talking about Generations? But I'm talking about Generations. Where... I can't remember. Generations with Malcolm McDowell. Oh, you mean okay. like the, the platform at the end where... Um, yes, where, where the, they were the finale, having... The climax Where happens. they were having the anomaly come through but it would destroy millions of lives but he wanted to get back to his family so bad that he wanted to go into that <sighs> nexus okay damn it all right i'm a little mad at myself guys i forgot about that part it be, and that was like his entire life where and he was the the same species as Guinan, if you remember mm-hmm. correctly yes i do long lived um where he was in uh, that nexus, but that nexus only happened after it destroyed worlds. So he uh, had that beacon where he was trying to uh, go back to go through, right. To go back to that nexus to his family, but it was going to destroy hundreds of worlds by um, making it change direction um, in terms of that. But I mean, like, like you're correct. I mean, in a in a in a small sense, with the uh, interplexing beacon in first contact, yes, the Borg are going to be coming. But the Borg assimilate, whereas the the Nexus destroys. Right. And that's exactly what I, that's the way I took it. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, where where I'm doing like a uh, a segue which I hadn't planned on doing the segue, but had those uh, advanced synthetics come through, they would have destroyed all of organic life, mm-hmm. you know, versus the Borg, which basically assimilated uh, synthetic uh, organic life, but 
they're still there. Well, you know what I, I mean, so I have an aside as well. Oh, it's it's not Star no, Trek related. So, so you're aside as my so you're siding my side. Well, I was, I was I was gonna wait to bring this up, but since we're almost okay. out of time, like why not bring it up now? Okay. Did you uh, ever play Mass Effect? I didn't, and I, I was actually talking to one of the uh, women that I work with in in work that she's actually replaying that, but I did not play it because I thought it was a first first person shooter. No, it's not. It's third. Well, I know that now. I like literally so, I know that now 2022 Mass like, Effect, I literally found that out. Mass okay. Effect 1, 2 and 3 is a phenomenal sci-fi trilogy. They recently mm-hmm. did the re-release with updated graphics and everything and I bought it because I I had actually been jonesing to replay the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um you bought the disc? Is there is it all in one disc? Yes. Oh. Well. So there's um the basic principle Without giving away, like any plot, yeah, don't give it away in case I'm going to play it. But it's or it's, in case anyone else want to play. Yeah, you know, there's once like every fifty thousand years, I think it is. Um, these advanced, uh, synthetic life creatures called Reapers come and purge the galaxy of organic life, mm-hmm. and then life kind of resets. And once society reaches its pinnacle, they come again. So essentially, so Picard like ripped off Mass Effect. This sounds like e- the Eternals is um, the Xbox thing, or oh, not the Xbox, the um, the Marvel uh, thing. Kind of sounds like the same thing. I haven't seen that yet, but oh, all right. It's, well, never mind. Obviously, yeah, it's not I like said to you. Obviously, it's not like a super original idea. Mm-hmm. But like, I can this is uh picard's take on it was mildly different and that like synthetics have to call them there versus mm-hmm. like it being a routinely thing but that i think may i uh, i don't know if maybe they base the idea off of mass effect or not just no like i've I, like i've heard good things about oh, dude, mass effect mass I, like, effect I didn't... mass effect one is very good mass effect two is like a perfect game mass effect three is how all trilogies are where it's ultimately like mildly disappointing but because mostly because it's ending but again we're talking about picard season one and this is this is the way we roll we go segue into another segue which is completely has nothing to do with uh star trek but i'm i'm cool with that there is one little part left that i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about real quick and then we'll wrap the episode up and so Rios goes to the bridge where he heard the banging noise to find Narek throwing rocks at his ship. Mm-hmm. To which he he opens a communication channel to him and says, "I dare you to throw another one. I'd like to see what a proton torpedo could do at this range." Right. To which Narek counters saying, "I have twelve armed molecular solvent grenade canisters, and I'm just throwing rocks. Like basically, I'm here to talk. Um, I want to prevent the the uber synthetics from coming, and I'm." I want us to work together to do it. Right. But essentially it's up to Rios, whether to like kill him or help him. Does he do it? Does he do it? Are we going to leave him on that cliffhanger? Yes. Because uh, it's not, it's not really, a it's not really a cliffhanger because, because we're through like the first 15% of the, ep- this is like, ends, but yeah, we're 10 to 15% into the episode right now. And that took a whole half hour to talk about, which so, is, which is crazy. Yeah, for sure. We will All wrap right. this up here. Uh, yep. We'll 
in the meantime, you know, until the next episode, remember you can follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we are soon working on coming to YouTube. Yes. Uh, hopefully within the next uh, couple of weeks or month, you know, uh, but we need to. Hopefully by the spring. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be for sure. I, I just, you know, I have to knuckle down and, you know, we have to get everything all of our ducks in a row Ducks in a row did you, did you ever wonder like I, I guess ducks are the only ones that like march in like a line other than people you know Apparently. so i guess that's, i guess that's yeah. what ducks in a row is you like they never say soldiers in a row i mean soldiers march in a row but it's always du- because i guess ducks have done it way before humans did ducks are like and, and like and, and like one enterprising human said like several thousand years ago you know what that's a good idea we should all march like the ducks, and, and that's then, how military formations and that's were invented. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly how you know these ducks have got the right idea. And then here we go, you know, three or four thousand years later. Oh, look at that! They're all ducks. Well, well wait a minute, they're soldiers. Well, well yeah, let's do that with spear, let's do that with spears and shields. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks for uh, listening to us, folks. And as always, I'm Derek and I'm Todd. And remember, remember, normal is the new boring. boring. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks, everybody.